Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Some of you probably off today enjoying a long holiday weekend. Others back to work for the day and then we'll enjoy the July 4 holiday tomorrow, I'm sure. But glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Slow time in sports. little MLB baseball probably on tap for me on the 4th of July. Always seems to match up well with that holiday But right now, we've got Little League Baseball from a local perspective. All the high school stuff is basically done. We're awaiting high school football now. And then on a national level, outside of the MLB, if you're a basketball nut like me and a lot of listeners of this show, you're ready for the start of the NBA Summer League. And I saw Jalen hood Shafino will make his debut with the Lakers Summer League team tonight. It's not the Las Vegas League, the main one. It's one of the small two, three-day leagues to kind of get things rolling in the California Classic, I believe is what it's called. So you can watch Hood Chafino later today make his debut for the Warriors, but it is a slow time. We are looking ahead to college football. Can't wait for that, although as we have been very open about on this show, I don't know that the excitement is high like maybe it was a few years ago for Indiana football, but nonetheless, college football, always a good time. And then, of course, College Hoops will follow that. And we did get an announcement uh, about the Hoosier Hysteria Fan Fest, or I should say the Hoosier Fan Fest, put on by one of the collectives. It's going to take place in the middle of August. So we are a month or a month and a half away from that. That's a fun event for kids and for fans. And it helps, at least the last couple of years, it helps you get a little closer to Hoosier Hysteria which means you're a little closer to the start of the season. So we'll tell you about that today. But thanks for being with us and hope you enjoy the 4th of July holiday. Hope you have a safe 4th of July holiday. I know we've had some rough weather the last three or four days that probably uh, spoiled some of your holiday plans and potentially some early fireworks. But a lot of events today across the area. And of course, I'm sure a lot of get togethers tomorrow. So I hope everybody is safe and that the weather holds out and we can enjoy uh, one of the great American holidays, the great American holiday, in my opinion, uh, the 4th of July. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, in just a moment, we'll take a look at a number of headlines coming out of the weekend. We'll tell you more about the Hoosier Fan Fest set for August 19th at Assembly Hall, and there's a ton of NBA news related to IU guys as far as the uh, some trades, some other deals as we're in this busy time for the NBA here in the offseason. A lot of movement uh, with free agency uh, taking place right now, so we'll take a look at that coming up in just a moment. 
and some other headlines from across recruiting and more all coming up here on this Monday edition of our program. Later today, uh, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, he will join us in segment two. We'll talk IU basketball, probably a little IU football today with Zach. And it's a big week for college coaches because the Nike Peach Jam, it begins today and coaches can be back out on the road later this week at some of the grassroots stuff taking place across the country. Uh, We'll talk about the Peach Jam here in just a moment, but nothing will be bigger in the month of July than the Nike Peach Jam. So you can expect to see Mike Woodson and a lot of IU presence there with all of the guys they are recruiting that they've offered scholarships to, uh, have had guys on campus this summer. I'm sure working to get more guys to come to Bloomington to check things out. You can bet that the coaches will be at the Peach Jam, which is the class of the summer when it comes to the Nike circuit and the AAU, the travel stuff. It's a big environment, and every college coach, every staff will be represented uh, for a great part of that period, and it begins today, but college coaches can't come until a little bit later in the week. Uh, Also, later in the show, we'll catch up on some local things. I want to give a few moments to highlight some of the District champions so far at the District 5 Little League, which has been taking place at the New Albany Little League uh, this year, and uh, sending some teams to the state tournament. District 5 has a great reputation. It's kind of, for me, helped set the tone for why high school baseball has been good and gives you an early read about who could be good in softball as well. And uh, the youngsters, they don't always pan out, but sometimes you get a feel for who's got the most talent, at least, moving up through the young ranks. And so we'll recognize some of those teams a little bit later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Nike Peach Jam and the Peach Invitational officially underway today down in Augusta, South Carolina. That's North Augusta, South Carolina. And the Nike EYBL team to watch that features a lot of, or I should say the Nike EYBL is the circuit to watch this week because a lot of big recruiting targets for the Hoosiers will be in North Augusta. Liam McNeely, Jalen Harrelson, Trent Sicily, those last two guys, both obviously in-state talents. Jaden Mustaf, uh, Austin Schwartz, uh, Boogie Flan, Trey McKinney, and many more that Indiana has either had on campus or has had uh, for the recruiting way, the way things go there, at least a somewhat lengthy relationship with a lot of guys that are playing in the EYBL this week. So a lot of games, coaches will be, you can bet, uh, there to uh, to evaluate, and the Indiana coaches will be there to make their presence known. But Boy, I've never been to the Peach Jam. Uh, It's probably on my bucket list as far as high school basketball or grassroots basketball. I've been to a lot of the big events across the country over the years. Never been to the Peach Jam. Always have said I'd love to go. It'd be so fun. Uh, You see so many people you know, and the college coaches are there. And it's just a collection. Nike has done an outstanding job of bringing the best talent together. And now the way things have been situated for the last number of years – The Peach Jam is, in many ways, the championship of the summer for the Nike teams. You've got to qualify to get there. There's some real skin in the game uh, to get a spot in the coveted Peach Jam. And uh, so interesting to see all these uh, talented players gather 
a great environment from all the videos and people that I have talked with. We've had some people on the show live at the Peach Jam, uh, but definitely a lot of fun if you're a basketball fan. There'll be a lot of highlights and notes and spottings of Mike Woodson and the coaches over the next few days, and so you can uh, pay attention to social media to track these IU coaches. They've got a very, very busy month, at least a busy three weeks or so ahead of them here in the month of July now that we're in the month of July. Also, Trent Sisley, one of the prospects you can expect Indiana to spend a lot of time watching this month. At this point, with guys like Sisley and Harrelson and some of the others I named a minute ago, it really has nothing to do with evaluating them at this point. Maybe the coaches are watching to see and tell them how they could fit in best, uh, what playing time, what positions, what their role could be like if they choose to come to Indiana. But it's more so about making your presence known, letting a player know and his family and his coaches know that they are loved, that you want them. Uh, you're going to be at their games this summer. You're going to find a way to crisscross the country and keep one, two, three, sometimes four coaches uh, at a game to really lay it on, to really pile it on for a specific target. But Trent Sisley is one of those guys. And I saw over the weekend at the Charlie Hughes shootout, which was the last big high school team event where the coaches could come out, he scored 40 points, did Sicily, uh, in a game for Heritage Hills. Now, his team ended up losing to Indianapolis uh, Tindley, but boy, 40-point performance for Trent Sicily, even in a high school summer league game, lets you know the kind of player that he is and somebody that is high, high on the list, uh, being an in-state guy for the Indiana Hoosiers. Also, the Indiana Basketball Fan Fest has been scheduled for Saturday, August 19th at Assembly Hall. This will be the third annual Fan Fest. It'll begin at 7.30 on August 19th. It's for the men's and the women's teams. They'll be available for photos, autographs. According to the release, there will be some sort of scrimmage, which there has been the last few years, a dunk contest, a three-point contest, and interactive competitions with the fans. If you remember, this benefits one of the collectives uh, that goes directly to the IU men and women's basketball players. So this is something that contributes to NIL. Uh, it's part of the overall Hoosier Fantasy Experience Weekend, which includes a, a fantasy camp for adults. You get a lot of Hoosier fans uh, playing some games in Assembly Hall under the direction of Mike Woodson and the assistant coaches. There's a fantasy golf outing as well. Of course, the Fan Fest and the women's basketball team has a day clinic for children in grades one through six for the upcoming school year. And again, every dollar benefits the IU basketball NIL uh, organized by the Hoosier Hysteria, Hoosier Hysterics, who some of you know, they're a popular podcast, but uh, definitely a big opportunity for fans to get out. I've not been to this event, but I think it's very similar to a Hoosier Hysteria. To me, Hoosier Hysteria and this Fan Fest, yeah, it's fun for fans to see players, especially if there's a scrimmage, but it really is an opportunity for the kids, first and foremost, to get pictures. The environment is normally pretty lively with a lot of music. Of course, Hoosier Hysteria uh, goes to the next level when it comes to sound and lighting and other things, but uh, definitely uh, for the kids in many ways. And the Fan Fest set for August 19th, just another sign that we are in the off season, but also a sign that before you know it, we'll be working our way into August and into the fall and 
through the college football season, and before you know it, it will be time for uh, IU basketball uh, once again. But uh, we're a long way from there right now. Also, a couple other headlines I want to get to. A lot of NBA news for the Hoosiers out of the weekend. First off, we'll start just kind of, I think, from the most recent news to uh, some of the la- uh, previous news over the weekend. Cody Zeller has agreed to a one-year contract with the New Orleans Pelicans. It's a $3.1 million deal as Cody continues to find a way to stay in the NBA and not just stay in the NBA, but contribute in a role uh, off the bench. But he averaged 8.4 points, 5.9 rebounds and 1.4 assists over 509 career NBA games. He was the number four pick in 2013 by the Charlotte Bobcats. Of course, he spent the second half of the season and the NBA playoffs with the Miami Heat, who reached the NBA Finals. Uh, But he is uh, staying in the NBA, as I think we all thought he would, and he'll be with the New Orleans Pelicans next season. Also, more IU news in the NBA. This is big. Former IU guard Eric Gordon has agreed to a deal with the Phoenix Suns. He is going to join a Phoenix roster that includes Kevin Durant now, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. The Suns should be really good in the Western Conference next year. For Gordon, this will be year number 16, season 16 in the NBA. He has averaged 16 points, 2.8 assists, 2.4 rebounds, over 818 career games. And Gordon has earned over $175 million in his career as an NBA player. Looking back, it's fun to do this sometime. Gordon, he played just one season at Indiana. He was the number seven pick in the 28-2008 NBA draft. And uh, so there you go. Eric Gordon uh, continuing to play a key role in the NBA, and now he'll do so with the Phoenix Suns. Also, good news for Thomas Bryant, the former IU big man, has agreed to a two-year contract with the Miami Heat. And uh, so Bryant, who was a member of last year's championship team with the Nuggets, now will join last year's runner-up, the Miami Heat. The deal is for two years and $5.4 million. The second year of the deal is a player option. Uh, In six seasons, man, it's hard to believe Thomas Bryant has been uh, out of IU and in the NBA for six seasons. Bryant has averaged uh, 10.1 points and 5.7 rebounds per game. And uh, in six NBA seasons, getting some opportunity there. And uh, obviously for the Hoosiers, he averaged 12.2 points and 6.2 rebounds per game. He was a big piece of the Indiana 2015-16 team that won the outright Big Ten championship. Bryant has now played for the Heat coming up, the Lakers, the Wizards, the Nuggets over his six-year NBA career. He's totaled already uh, $28 million in money from the NBA. So good for him. And here's another one, uh, Victor Oladipo. He was traded over the weekend from the Miami Heat to the Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Oladipo recently opted in to a $9.45 million deal for the 23-24 season with the Heat. The Heat will also send his draft compensation to the Thunder to complete the deal. Uh, Oladipo, 31, is recovering from a torn patellar tendon. Uh, Oladipo has averaged 16.9 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 3.9 assists over 504 career NBA games with Orlando, Oklahoma City, 
Indiana, Houston, Miami, and now back to Oklahoma City for another stint with the Thunder. And, of course, Summer League begins. I mentioned Jalen hood Chafino. He'll make his debut with the Lakers later tonight in the California Classic, which is one of the precursor leagues, a short league to the big Las Vegas Summer League that begins later this week. Hood Chafino with the Lakers begins play today. Trace Jackson Davis with the Golden State Warriors. Race Thompson getting an opportunity with the New York, New York Knicks Summer League team, uh, all set to compete in this year's 2024 Summer League, the Lakers begin today on ESPN2. Somebody just texts me. You can watch Oladipo 6 o'clock tonight. They take on Miami. Golden State also plays today a 10 p.m. late game against Sacramento. So Trace Jackson Davis expected to be available for that game tonight. The Knicks do not begin until July 8th. They're not in any of the early leagues. They go straight to Las Vegas. And so we'll see what type of role, what type of activity Race Thompson gets with the Knicks when uh, the Knicks open up against Philadelphia at 5 p.m. on July 8th. That game will be on ESPN, oh, excuse me, on NBA TV. But tonight's Hood Shafino and Lakers game on ESPN 2 at 6. And Sacramento, the Golden State Warriors with TJD, a 10 o'clock game time on ESPN according to the latest TV listings. That's a look at your headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Oh, yeah, I want to add that uh, former Hoosier Will Sheehy, he is actually coaching with the Golden State Warriors and their summer league team. I saw that over the weekend as well. So Sheehy and TJD hooking up uh, Sheehy as an assistant and TJD as a first-year rookie getting some summer league run this month with the Golden State Warriors. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star for the latest on IU basketball, NBA Summer League. We'll tell you about the Nike Peach Jam and a lot more coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us in this segment. With Zach each week, we start the week talking IU basketball, football, and more. Zach, it was a busy weekend for the Hoosiers as far as NBA players go. A lot of movement. Uh, Cody Zeller going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Eric Gordon to the Phoenix Suns. Also, Thomas Bryant uh, inked a contract with the Miami Heat. And Victor Oladipo traded from Miami to Oklahoma City. So, uh, Indiana uh, racking up the number of players in the NBA and a lot of movement from some of the guys that have been there for a few years now. Yeah, I mean... it, it, I mean, geez, it's funny to think that, like, what life was like when Thomas Bryant committed to Indiana, just, like, selfishly or, or personally. I think I wrote about that in the bedroom of the first house my wife and I bought. We had no kids. 
uh, I think that was while we were planning a summer trip to Europe, which is the sort of thing that I only get to dream about anymore between daycare bills and the, just shuddering <laughs> at the thought of getting on flights with small children. Um, but it's, listen, I mean, it's, it, we've talked about this a lot in the other direction recently in terms of Indiana not really being represented in, you know, in recent drafts and how important it was to have Jalen Hood-Shifino and Trace Jackson Davis in this cycle and how important it would be to see, you know, maybe a McKenzie Mbaco or Pillow Ware in the first round next year and, and how that could spin forward into Indiana's 2024 recruiting, which is going very well, but still kind of needs, obviously, kind of they need to, to do well at the business end of things. You know, the flip side is when I saw Cody Zeller inked that contract, I um, just out of curiosity, I, I, I dialed up his, uh, his spot track page. I mean, you know, he's pushing 80 million in career earnings now, close to it, not quite, but close to it. And if you do Victor Oladipo, and I know um, Oladipo's had some injuries, obviously, that have, have kind of put him in different positions and, and, you know, maybe changed his outlook at times. But, I mean, you know, he's going to be after the coming season with Oklahoma City, provided there's not some weird get out of that, which I don't think there would be. He's going to be pushing $125 million in career earnings. And, you know, so often fans will get caught up in, you know, the, the, the biggest names that, that come out of a, a school. And, and I understand why, you know, and, and obviously I think particularly Indiana fans are really excited to see Victor Oladipo kind of come into his own with the, the Thunder and then obviously his time with the Pacers, et cetera. But, you know, the, the story that you want to tell um, recruits is the story of, you know, hey, the guys that we produce, they last. And, yeah, some of them go on to you know, win titles and MVPs and whatever else. But, again, another one, Eric Gordon just signed a, a two-year deal with the Suns that's going to push his career earnings over $183 million. And... You know, I think that if you told somebody that, they'd say, well, you know, Eric Gordon, you know, I don't think he's been a journeyman because he has it. I mean, he spent so many years with the Rockets. But, you know, I think people would be surprised, I guess is my point, at how quickly that stuff can add up in the NBA. And I remember always thinking when Tom Crean was in Indiana, as much as people wanted to talk about Dwayne Wade, and, and that was, you know, Obviously, Dwayne Wade and Tom Crean, a very close relationship, you know, very important to one another and so forth. I always thought, well, talk about Steve Novak. You know, Steve, again, you want to talk about uh, um, contracts and, and career earnings. I mean, Steve Novak made close to $25 million as an NBA player. And if you can talk to a kid and say, hey, listen, the floor for you is you come to Indiana, you get better. Maybe it's in one year, maybe it's in two, maybe it's in three. But then you go into the NBA, you don't just get drafted, but you get a guaranteed contract. You don't just get a guaranteed contract, but you get your option picked up. You don't just get your option picked up, but you get a second deal and then a third deal. And so even if you wind up being, you know, maybe the, maybe the, the most you ever rise to is the third or fourth best player on a good team, you still wind up making generational wealth. You, know, you still wind up turning an NBA career into the kind of money that, um, you know, that, 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 that changes your children's 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 lives. And 
that's the kind of story that Indiana's got to be able to tell consistently. Not just the guys that come in and are stars. That's great. But it's also important to just be able to point to, you know, Kansas has this, Kentucky has this. Just be able to point to the NBA and say, there are so many guys that came through our program that learned how to do it in a professional way. And then when they went on to the NBA, some of them made all-star teams. You know, some of them didn't, but they all got second contracts. They all got third contracts. Everybody just kept earning and getting opportunities. And this guy, you know, these three players were all in the NBA Finals last year, and this guy just won a ring, and and on and on and on. And I think it's just it's important for Indiana to keep being able to tell that story. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us here on this Monday program. Zach, when we talk about the NBA and former Indiana Hoosiers, a lot of listeners of this show want to know what the latest is with Romeo Langford. Will he be re-upped with the San Antonio Spurs? I haven't seen anything come out on that yet, but any thoughts while we're talking former Hoosiers in the league when it comes to Romeo? Yeah, I, I feel like I saw somewhere um, that the Spurs had opted not to uh, renew him. I'm not positive on that. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the thing with Romeo Langford that always just comes down to is, and, and this is with so many guys, is just can you find a team that has a, a good spot for you? And if you look at, you know, if you, if you look at Romeo Langford's numbers, he's never quite found a shooting stroke in the NBA. Um, he doesn't play overly big for his position, but the, there are some things that still stand out. Primarily, he does not turn the ball over, and that sounds like a small thing, but, you know, if you've got guys that, that, that don't take risks, don't make mistakes, you can find a place in your rotation for a guy that goes out there who's sure-handed, who on a given night, you know, can be that player that comes off the bench and scores you 15, 20 points. He still has that explosiveness. He still has that ability to get to the rim that I think we've, you know, we've seen since he was in 10th grade, ninth grade, whatever. Um, it's, it's translated all the way up to the NBA. And I don't know if we're ever going to be talking about Romeo Langford as a 20 point a game scorer across the course of the season, but he still does, I think, enough things well that whether it's with the Spurs or with somebody else, I think there's still room for him in the game in terms of just being a guy that, especially when you start talking about your rotation outside of maybe your top two or three players, if you're a coach, you want guys you know you can trust. You want guys where you look at it and you just say, he's steady, he's solid, he's dependable. I mean, listen, you know, quietly, Romeo Langford's been in the league for a while now. He's drafted, what, four years ago? Um, so it's, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing about the NBA, you know, the demands of the NBA, the day-to-day sort of grind of the NBA that's going to be new or different for him. If you can be one of those players that whether you're a starter or you're a reserve, the coaches just look at you and say, you know, some nights it'll be better than others offensively, defensively, whatever. But the thing that I know I can count on is he's, he's not going to make mistakes and he's not going to, He's not going to put us in bad positions. Then I think you can you can find a home, and I think uh, Romeo Langford probably fits that. All right, Zach Osterman with us, and I'm glad you said that. I see now Romeo Langford uh, has became an unrestricted free agent uh, as of I think over the weekend. So we'll be interested to see what his next opportunity is. Is there an opportunity in the league or where he could head next? 
uh, as there's been so much NBA news over the last few days, and that's expected to continue, I think, into the uh, next few days of this week as well. Zach, uh, other IU basketball stuff I want to get to. Malik Renew had a, a media opportunity in the offseason. We got a chance to hear from him last Thursday. I know that you uh, wrote some about that, uh, but what kind of summarized the conversation and s- some of the things that he's working on this offseason? Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it was a lot of what you'd expect in terms of like his indiv- the, the questions about sort of him individually, you know, how he's working on his offensive game, how he's improving on last season. Obviously, questions about maybe, you know, some of his, his foul issues last year, questions about maybe how much he feels he can kind of diversify his offensive game in one offseason. We, we obviously saw him, you know, I mean, we saw him, you know, kind of get into some. We saw him show a bit more, in a, admittedly, a very limited sample size. For example, I think he only attempted eight threes. But you could see a little bit more comfort with a face-up offensive game for Renew than maybe we've seen from, you know, some not just Trace Jackson Davis, and he's inevitably going to be compared fairly or not to Trace Jackson Davis. But I also think about, you know, the Juwan Morgans and, and um, you know, the – the Thomas Bryant, he falls somewhere maybe right in between the likes of sort of Trace Jackson Davis and someone like Thomas Bryant in terms of how comfortable he is facing the basket offensively right now. And if he can expand that and he can become a a genuine threat, you know, doing that a little bit, it is going to make um, Indiana's post-rotation even deeper because you've already got a guy there in Kalel Ware who I think has a reputation for being able to stretch the floor and score from multiple positions. If suddenly you've got two guys that, that can both force a certain amount of mobility and a certain amount of, you know, sort of, you, you know, you think about like the way that Michigan used Hunter Dickinson, if, if you can suddenly start pulling bigs away from the basket, a lot of them can't, um, you know, quite frankly, many of them can't defend in space as well as someone like Trace Jackson Davis did. So there was the individual part of it. And there was also the collective, which I thought was, um, I think, um, just kind of interesting to hear. I mean, listen, it, it, it was a 15-minute Zoom, so let's not make it out like he delivered, you know, some, some great uh, speech or oratory. But he sounded more mature and more comfortable and, and he sounded like a player who is who understands that he kinda walks in the room and there's no more Trace Jackson Davis, there's no more Race Thompson, there's no more Jordan Geronimo, there's no more Logan Duncan. You know, that, that realistically last season he could be the freshman that all those guys in different ways, you know, looked looked down toward and, you know, sort of said, Let me show you how it works at the college level, let me show you how to get better at this or you know, he, he could be the freshman that was nipping at Chris Jackson Davis's heels in practice and pushing him and learning from him and all those kinds of things. At very least, I, I think um, I think that he recognizes, he seems to recognize that those guys are gone. And that, yes, there are some talented, you know, pieces, some exciting pieces in that front court rotation, and maybe Indiana can be a little bit more versatile. Maybe we'll see some Kenzie and Baco at the four, whatever. But that ultimately the guy that's going to try and set that tone is Malik Renew. Now, he's only a sophomore, so 
you know, you can't expect him to be not just from a production standpoint, but also like a, a maybe an intangible standpoint. What Trace Jackson Davis was, because Trace Jackson Davis was a four-year player and a three-year captain and whatever else. But it seems like he appreciates um, the void that's left by the departure of those guys, and and he's trying to step into it as best he can here in the summer. And that is, it's simplistic, but it's true. Coaches will tell you that that's how good culture works. Is is you know guys see that void, that leadership gap, and they decide that they're going to be the ones to try and plug it. And that doesn't mean that everybody's leadership style is the same, and that doesn't mean that everybody's the perfect leader all the time. Um, you've got to grow into that just like you grow into anything else in sports. But it seems like Renew is trying to embrace that. I think that's important because ultimately Indiana kind of does need him to to captain um, that group a little bit and, and you know help some of those guys understand the adjustment to the Big Ten. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, it's also a live period coming up later this week for the IU coaches, for all of college Division One coaches to be out on the road. And I think, once again, everything centers around the Nike Peach Jam in North Augusta, South Carolina. I was looking earlier today at a list of prospects playing there. So many from in the state that Indiana's after, and then so many guys on a national level from elsewhere that IU has offered and had on campus and is involved with so many big names right now. But I expect a full force uh, of uh, from IU staff uh, centered around the Peach Jam and some other places as well. But the Peach Jam will be the main place here coming up later this week. Well, it really will be. I mean, it's... Um... It's, it's, I put together a, a recruiting, um, just sort of like a, a big board, you know, a recruiting big board, um, either last week or the week before the, the, the weeks run together at this time of year when there's kind of nothing going on. Um, and I, I just did a dozen names. I didn't do, you know, every single player I could find. But even sorting through that, you know, I, I, you knew Indiana was obviously recruiting some really good players, was, was in on some guys that were you know, highly ranked and had impressive offer lists, but you, you kind of had to, I, at least I had to pull it together to, to sort of see big picture just how many top 10, top 20, top 30, top 50 guys Indiana's in a, a really good position for. I mean, starting with Dylan Harper, who's, I think he's, I think three of the four recruiting services have him number one in the country in his class. There's other top, again, depending on which service you're kind of talking about, there's other Top 10 players like Liam McNeely, Flory Madunga. I think Asa Newell is top 10 in a couple of the services. Um, you've got, you know, I'm probably sort of saying multiple guys for similar positions, which gives you, you know, sort of options if, if maybe one guy, you know, sometimes what, Indiana, what could happen with Indiana if they tried to recruit at this really, really high level is they would have one really elite player at a certain position and, and they'd have to kind of push all their chips in on that one player. And if it didn't work out, then once they pivoted to alternatives, you know, guys were off the board. You look at, like, lead guard, for example, Indiana's, you know, it's, it's not just Dylan Harper, who's, who's, I think, kind of seen as sort of a combo, you know, creator, scorer, just kind of a, a player you want on the ball. But you've also got the boogie plans there. Obviously, you've got, um, you know, some long-standing targets like Badunga and Liam McNeely, but you've also got guys that it seems like have really ramped up their um, their Indiana interest in the last few months, guys, where it seems like the, the momentum that Indiana has been able to build off of the last couple seasons, the last couple recruiting cycles, of course, this NBA draft cycle, is really translating um, and really sort of, 
you know, making recruits sort of take notice of Indiana as a place that they can go and, and, you know, realize sort of professional opportunities and professional ambitions. And again, as I said, kind of at the top of this, they're at the business end now, you know, after July, and we've seen Indiana host a bunch of guys on, on official visits here in the summer, but after July, um, the, that's when you'll start to see, um, players, you know, especially the ones that maybe want to make a decision kind of early on in, um, early on in, in the fall part of the cycle, that's when you'll start to see players really kind of want to narrow things down, maybe take senior year official visits, maybe cut down to a five, a three, set a decision date. The point is Indiana's still got to see this through to the end, and, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a heck of a lot, really, if you're, if you're in the top five for all these kids, but you don't get any of them. But Indiana has put itself in an enviable of a recruiting position in terms of just the, the total – just the sheer tonnage of, of top, you know, let's say 50, certainly 30, 20 kids um, that it's heavily involved with at this point in the cycle. And it's going to be fascinating to see coming out of July where the Hoosiers are and whether those lists have kind of narrowed themselves down a little bit. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, I think you're entering a couple days away. We appreciate you wrapping up your work day with us at a daily, weekly chat, I should say, here on the show. Have a great 4th of July. Thanks for all the insight. Appreciate your time on Mondays, and we hope to do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Zach Osterman with us here on this Monday edition of the program, covering a lot of ground when it comes to IU basketball and related topics. NBA right now, so many Indiana guys just going through the movement in the offseason uh, over the weekend was a lot. And then you think about two additional NBA players in Hood Trefino and Trace Jackson Davis. And who knows what's next for Romeo Langford? I did not see that over the weekend and just till Zach mentioned it just now that he is an unrestricted free agent for the Spurs. So it is going to be really interesting to see what happens for him moving forward as well. But, man, a lot of Hoosiers in the NBA. And who knows, maybe a couple more after this coming season with Big Kellel Ware and um, McKenzie and Baco. I think those are the two that first come to mind when you think of NBA potential for next season, for the next draft a year from now in the summer. We'll head to a quick break. We're back with a little Little League baseball and softball highlights and some other headlines coming your way next as we wrap up this Monday edition of the program. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Hope everybody has an outstanding 4th of July holiday. Hopefully you've got some fireworks and fun on your agenda later today or on the 4th tomorrow. And uh, thank you for being with us, uh, as always, as we do this show weekdays at 11 a.m. District 5 softball and baseball taking place at New Albany Little League. It's on a pause, I understand, 
for the holiday weekend. But action will pick up after the holiday with some of the championship games. I did see the Floyd Snobs Community Club Major League All-Stars won another district championship on Friday night. Floyd's Knobs defeated Jeffersonville 15-0 in the second of the best-of-three game series to win the district tournament. Now they advance to the state tournament, which is July 14th in Newcastle. Of course, uh, Floyd's Knobs, uh, they have dominated the softball scene locally and probably explains why Floyd Central, always one of the better high school programs in the area, on the baseball side, I know HYR, Highlander Youth Recreation, had a big, I think it was a 10-0 win over New Albany on Monday night to move on in the tournament. And in major baseball, that's the 12-year-old division that eventually you see on ESPN later this summer, the state tournament for that division will be played at Jeff GRC Little League locally. So it's going to be different this year. I understand that the top two teams from the district locally get a chance to go to Jeff and play since District 5 and Jeff is the host. So there will be not just the district champion, but also the runner-up get the opportunity to play in the state tournament. So that's a little different, but good for our local teams. District 5 with such a strong reputation. Jeff GRC, New Albany, recently Silver Creek has stepped up to join them as one of the best teams, best Little League programs in the state. Uh, always fun to see these kids get an opportunity to play for a state championship. I know that travel, baseball, softball, basketball, every sport, it's fun. It's often good. I know it can be expensive for parents, but to me, the local stuff, the community-oriented stuff, it may not get you the rankings and all those things, which does it really matter at middle school ages and elementary ages? I don't think it does at all. But the community stuff is so important, and that's why District 5, uh, it's been so neat to see the success there, uh, how good the baseball and softball teams have been and how often they go on to win state championships. And in some cases, in those major divisions, go on to make a run at the Little League World Series, uh, especially on the softball side. Uh, Floyd Snobs has had some teams that have made some nice runs on a national level. So I love it. Uh, I know it doesn't always get the credit it probably deserves, but there have been some big crowds out at the ballpark, uh, out at New Albany Little League for this, which is fun. You get the parents and families and other people from the leagues, and occasionally you get some community people out there. But uh, it's been a lot of fun to see that, and let's hope that that continues. I know Little League uh, sometime in the state, uh, some of the Little Leagues are dropping. Uh, you wonder what it's going to be like from year to year. But neat to see our area, at least for now, continue to be competitive continue to have a lot of sign-ups, and most importantly, continue to represent the area uh, for baseball and softball really well. I mean, think about high school baseball recently, the run that Silver Creek and Providence have been on, how good baseball generally in our area has been. And a lot of these little leaguers don't even play high school baseball when they get there, but some do, and they'll look back upon these challenges and playing for community championships like District 5 uh, to remember just how good uh, it is and how fun it is to represent your area and community. So there's my shout-out for District 5. Good luck to all the teams still alive, still playing for state championships, or I should say district championships, and good luck to the teams that are hoping to play for state championships as well a little bit later in the summer. Maybe we'll have a few local teams play on the World Series stage. You just never know. Have a great 4th of July. We will be back with you on Wednesday 
at 11 a.m. with complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all normal for us this week. So enjoy the holiday, the 4th of July on Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Thank you.